1: hello again and welcome to the three inning save podcast we are part of the fans first sports network i'm your host eric Steven, and with me today is jacob birch we have a dodgers rewind for you today jacob how are you doing
0: i'm doing great i love being here on the rewind Podcast. i learned so much and, you know, you uh, usually ask me a really fun trivia question. I'm looking forward to oh, hearing, oh, no. you know, to hearing <laughs> what it's going to be this time around.
1: I'm looking forward to disappointing you. No, um, <laughs> t- today. What we else have, is new? We, we, we have someone who, similarly, I, what I like about Rewind is, is either finding someone I've never heard of before or finding someone who I might have heard of but didn't know a lot about and, like, just sort of delving into it. Today is someone I had never heard of before. So, um, Wayne Bilardi, he was a power hitting first baseman for the Bro- Brooklyn Dodgers in the 1950s. Now you may have not heard of him because Brooklyn had a guy at the position named Gil Hodges. So he was elected to the hall of fame, although it took a long time. He just got elected last year. Um, but having Gil Hodges at first base being a, it's like being, um, sort of the, a, a shortstop prospect for the Orioles in like the eighties and nineties, basically behind Cal Ripken or something. So, but how Bellardi came up on my radar was thanks to the great, effectively wild podcast. Um, during a uh, stat blast uh, last week, they they talked about the idea of a the nothing batting split, which is the um, if a if a player, let's say, comes into a game as a pinch runner or a pinch hitter, and then that inning they're in um, goes long like just in the in that spot in the order comes up again in that case um that batter like if 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 you're a pinch hitter it's it's same for a pinch runner you're no longer pinch hitting for anyone but you don't have a position (laughs) so you're just other and it kind of messes up in the splits like if you go to look at a split for a certain player who who did this or had who you know, it's, a, you can go for splits by position and it, like all the positions are there. And then it just says other it's like, it's like catcher's interference where it messes up. Like if you're looking at the stats, you're like, why don't these all add up to the plate appearances? And then you find out it's because someone had catcher's interference, a little bit similar. So I looked this up. Um, only three Dodgers have homered as a quote unquote other, mm-hmm. um, AJ Pollock. I actually remember, cause I'm certain I wrote about it in 2021, um, and then Von Joshua uh, did so in 1970. The only one who did it in Brooklyn was Wayne Billardi in 1953. Um, so the Dodgers were playing the Cardinals. They were at Ebbets Field. It was July 18th. Um, the Dodgers actually trailed 6-2 to two in the fourth inning. So that, And Brooklyn, at this point, was already two pitchers in. So Jim Hughes was the second pitcher. Now he was pinch hit for by Bilardi. Uh who walked after Billy Cox singled to open the frame. And then you went, Uh, Jim Gilliam flew out for the first out, but then uh, Pee Wee Reese singled home a run. Uh, Duke Snyder and Jackie Robinson walked, the latter forcing in a run. Gil Hodges, the aforementioned, he struck out for the second out. The Dodgers are still down six to four at this point, but it's just fun going through this because you realize, good Lord, they had so many good players. Like Next batter, Roy Campanella, he singled home two, game tied. Carl Ferrello doubled home Jackie Robinson to give the Dodgers the lead. Runners on second and third at this point. Billy Cox, who started the inning, was intentionally walked, and that brought up Wayne Bilardi. Now, again, he's batting here with technically no position. So he hit the first pitch he saw from Cliff Chambers for a grand slam. It was the third grand slam in three days for the Dodgers. Um, Gil Hodges hit one Thursday. Billy Cox Friday, and then Bilardi on Saturday. So yeah, like um, that—that's one of those weird things that sort of, you know, I there was no—I don't—I looked—I actually looked back at the old newspaper accounts and stuff, but none of them, you know, no, no one's talking about he was—he he was a batter with no position, like they didn't like lead the story or anything, or mm-hmm. it's hard finding any information really about that. I did—that's how I found out about the other grand slams though, and then I went back and looked. But so that year, Bellardi. He was a he was only twenty two, but he was already out of options. Um, so he spent all season with the Dodgers. Um, he hit eleven home runs. He was really good, and it was like very limited duty. It was only about one hundred and eighty plate appearances. Um, he batted uh, thirty one times as a pinch hitter that year. That was second on the team. George Shuba um, batted thirty two times. So like th- those were like the two lead pinch hitters. Bellardi was eight for 27 as a pinch hitter, 296. He had that um, home run, or that home run was not as a pinch hitter because it was another. But he had a home run, another pinch hit home run, a two doubles, and a triple. We'll talk about uh, how Bellardi got to this point and the rest of his career uh, after the break. So the Dodgers signed uh, Bellardi uh, prior to the 1949 season out of Santa Clara. Um, the only other Dodger that I could find there, uh, I might have been missing one, but the only other Dodger I could find out of Santa Clara was Mitch White, uh, currently on the Blue Jays. Uh, Bellardi hit 19 home runs as an 18-year-old in the minors in 1949. Now, so he signed for 15 grand, which was pretty big at the time. Um, he due to quote-unquote bonus baby rules at the time, he had to be kept on the major league roster for all of 1950. So. I don't know why the rules didn't have him also have to be on the roster from like 1949, mm-hmm. um, but it, whatever. But he so he barely he was on the roster all year in 1950. The Dodgers um, went down, uh, played for the pennant like uh, in the final days of the season. They lost out to the Phillies, um, but he he barely played on that team. He was only 19. He played in ten games. He batted once each each game nine times. He was a pinch hitter. The other game, he played the final three innings at first base. He was zero for ten. Um, the Dodgers also had a twenty-year-old pitcher named Billy Lowe's, who was a bonus baby on that team, and he pitched ten games of mostly mop-up relief. Um, so then the next year, uh, fifty-one Bilardi played almost the entire year in the minors. Uh, he hit twenty-two home runs with Double A Mobile and um, uh, hit two sixty. So he was called up in September, played three games. On September 22nd that year, he pinched it for Bud Podbilan. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. P-O-D-B-I-E-L-A-N. But that's just seeing that name, I was thinking, we have to do a Dodgers rewind at some point on this guy. Um, but so Bilardi tripled off Carl Drews in the, to open the seventh inning. So uh, that that was his first major league hit. So, But it also led to, to like, Bilardi's nickname. So this is from the book of baseball nicknames, uh, which was pulled from the bullpen section of baseball reference. Quote from Belardi, Um Quote, I have always been clumsy since childhood, stepping on people with my big feet. After my first home run in 1953, I stepped on Ralph Branca's foot in the dugout, and he started the nickname Footsie. Uh, when I hit my first major league triple, I tripped over second base, fell at shortstop, then lost my hat and went back to grab it and tripped over third base. It should have been an inside-the-park home run. <laughs> so he was kind of a like a big oaf, clumsy kind of guy, but in a in a fun way, I guess. Uh, so that's that's pretty fun. Um, he also spent uh, the in, entire year in the minors in 1952. He had 20 more home runs and 33 doubles for Fort Worth. He's out of options in 1953, so he makes the Brooklyn Dodgers. So he missed the first month after an operation on his throwing arm. And then, after another like 13 uh, one plate appearance games in his first two years in the majors, he finally started his first game uh, in the majors May 17, 1953. He got a single and four at bats. So, Chuck Dressen was the Dodgers manager that year, uh, liked his performance, wanted to get his left handed bat in the lineup. So it's mid-June. The Dodgers started using the aforementioned Gil Hodges, you know, famous first baseman. They started using him at left field with Bellardi at first sometimes. So Hodges was 29 at this point. He's about to make his fifth straight All-Star team. He was well established, like he's a he's star at this point. Um, so Hodges had come up as a catcher way way back when, but he hadn't played a position other than first base since 1948, five years earlier. So. This is from Tommy Holmes in a column about um, the Dodgers sort of switching guys around. This is in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle on June twenty third, 1953. Quote, the way things are now, it's not only a question of who's on first, but also what's on third, and likewise, which is in left. From now on, the first baseman might be Hodges or Bellardi, the third baseman Cox or Robinson, the left field, Robinson or Hodges. Um, I thought it was notable – he doesn't say left fielder. He just says the left field. All right, so I think that's an interesting way to refer to that. I like it. I'm going to start doing that. Who's who's the left field today? Um, David Peralta. Okay. Anyway, that lasted for like three weeks. Uh, but then after an 0-19 slump, Belardi was back to part-time duty. And then uh, in September, uh, Hodges missed some time. But then also when he was playing, they put him in right field. So Belardi got another kind of extended run at, at first base. So he started – thirty Bilardi started 36 games at first that year. He hit 239, 311, 485, a 101 OPS plus. He did hit 11 home runs. He he drove in 34, which is a lot for only 180 plate appearances. So he made the World Series roster. He appeared in two games, uh, both as a pinch hitter in losses. He struck out against Allie Reynolds in game one. Uh, he He pinch hit for Carl Erskine in the second inning. You know – Things are going wrong when, when you're <laughs> pinching for the pitcher in the second inning of game one. And then he grounded out against Jim McDonald in the seventh inning of game five. So, so But being stuck behind Gil Hodges meant you know very little playing time besides that little run there in 1953. So um, in 1954, in Brooklyn's first 49 games, Bilardi didn't start. He pinched it 11 times. He was two for nine with two walks. So they traded him to the Tigers on June 9th. And it was kind of a change the scenery trade because the Dodgers didn't get back much. They got three players, but it was a 32-year-old outfielder, first baseman named Charlie Cress. He was one for 12 with the Dodgers but never started, and he never played in the majors again after 1954. And then a couple of minor leaguers but veteran guys, a 29-year-old catcher named Johnny Bucca or Bucha. Uh, he played three years in the minors for the Dodgers but never got back to the majors. There was a 34-year-old pitcher named Ernie Neville, and a quote substantial amount of cash which i was not able to find but i figured it was a lot um neville never pitched in the majors after the trade so um but i will notice uh, the same day Bellardi was traded the associated press ran a story in this in the like the same newspaper um uh, that had this story about roy campanella and his family the headline is theft of bike follows Campy's steal of home <laughs> which is what a great what a great headline And then this is the the first paragraph, Mrs. Roy Campanella, whose husband stole home Monday night for the Brooklyn Dodgers, went to the police station Tuesday to rectify another theft. I'll keep going. Uh, Mrs. Campanella told detectives that a youngster had driven off with 11-year-old son David's bicycle in the park Sunday afternoon. Detective Jerry McTiernan, first of all, great name, uh, then escorted Miss Campanella to the station storeroom of the recovered articles. That's David's bike," she exclaimed spotting <laughs> the last vehicle. Police had found it Monday uh, in some tall grass where it had been a- abandoned. I want to I want to go to a place with tall grass. That sounds that sounds fun. Anyway, uh, Bilardi with the Tigers played parts of three seasons in the majors. Seventeen home runs, two forty eight, three forty three, four hundred eight, one hundred three OPS plus. So they traded him. The Tigers traded Bilardi to the Yankees in ni- in February nineteen fifty seven. However, um. So he's from Northern California, lived in San Jose with three kids at the time. He, he was driving to Florida um, to join the Yankees in spring training. He went through Indio uh, near my old stomping grounds. Uh, he was in a major car accident. Um, so it looks like um, this is another AP report um, from the car accident. It says their car hit a bridge railing, a heavy six by six inch timber smashed through the windshield and the auto dropped 12 feet into a dry wash landing on its side but turning upright as it stopped so um bilardi was hurt but not like um i don't think he needed he had a broken nose and like face lacerations but i don't think he needed like surgery or anything his wife suffered bruises the the children which included a a nineteen month old um none of them were hurt seriously, so that's like you know a plus obviously, but that was sort of a major thing he Bilardi never really uh did much after that he played sixty five games that year in double a with seven home runs, but he never played again so I think that really like took a toll on him but in his career um he had twenty eight home runs and six hundred and eighty plate appearances pretty good um he died in nineteen ninety three he was sixty three years old uh, he was at his home in Santa Cruz. That, that, that's what I got on Wayne Ballardy What do you think?
0: Uh, it was I always enjoy these. I learned so much. And so specifically, a thing, two things that I learned. Yeah. Uh, one that there are a lot of minor league teams that I never knew were affiliated with the Dodgers, just by the number of Double A teams you listed off this podcast. The other thing I learned is that I don't like it when you don't give me a trivia question. So I'm going to punish you with my own. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was I'm used up. to like uh, sort of the the the, the teams, I've, especially late. You know in modern age you tend to have the same minor league affiliate for a while you sign these sort of longer affiliation contracts it wasn't so uh clearly in the olden days a lot of these had shorter stints including four teams uh four double a teams i should clarify who were only ever associated with the dodgers for one season can you name any of them
1: okay um no no let's see um, well okay so I, i'm trying to remember i'm not even going to look up in the notes but uh i i believe let's just go with fort worth for one of them
0: no fort worth multiple none you mentioned were only... oh, okay
1: then probably not no i don't i don't think so i was
0: curious uh well, it's
1: also weird until until like things sort of normalize them now some of these teams are listed as AA in baseball perspective or baseball reference i don't know exactly when that became like official because for a long time it was like class b class c class d like yeah. and then teams could have as many farm systems. i, as they I am wanted. using
0: wikipedia as a source but the sure, it fun. seems to be well sourced so sure, and sure. it's also a i missed one because this was very quickly uh glancing but uh uh i believe the four uh, answers are the sacramento senators
1: Nice. The Wait, same... What year? What year me. Oh, oh, no, not. no, you're
0: good. You're 35. 35.
1: Wow. Uh, right.
0: The El Paso, uh, not Diablos. It was the El Paso something
1: else. Currently the Chihuahuas, but not that. For
0: uh, sure. Maybe it was the Diablos. Hold on. I'm checking real quick. Uh, uh, it, it's. Yeah, maybe it was the Diablos. Um, Oh, wait, here we go. You know, the El El Paso Sun Dodgers. There you go. Creative. Uh, Yeah, the the former team, the El Paso Diablos starting in 74. And the year before that, the El Paso Sun Kings. Before that, the El Paso Sun Dodgers. And before that, the El Paso Sun Kings. So they took one break.
1: (laughs) So the the Uh, cool part about that is like like, um, the the Sun Bowl uh, was played in El Paso for years, college football bowl game. So, like, it's perfect that they, they their team is like, we have to put Sun in there, like, <laughs> no, no matter what. That, that's our... That's the our.
0: mascots for the El Paso Diablos, uh, the history is Casey the Chicken, yes. Scoops the
1: Tiger. Oh, man, Scoops. Uh, and Chili D. So, do you think with Scoops, like, do you think they <laughs> kind of, they were like, look, we got to get out of this Raisin brand thing. Like, Kellogg's <laughs> has one, Post has one. We need, we need Scoops the Tiger, and then, the, like, Probably like um, Tony the Tiger came in and said, "Hey, buddy, this is my territory. Get out of here." Uh,
0: the, my other favorite answers uh, for the single affiliation were one season the San Francisco Seals were associated sure. with the Dodgers, and the uh, the best uh, only one single only one season of existence the Jersey City Skeeters.
1: Oh man, that's a good one. There well, unfortunately, Wayne Belardi never played for any of those, but those are great teams. Um, this was a fun look back uh, for me and hopefully for Jacob, hopefully for you listening. Um, that's all we have for you today. Um, thank you for listening to the Three Inning Save podcast. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, we'll be back with our regular weekly episode uh, in a few days. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you.